You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and we'll dig into some of the free agents as we continue on this offseason here on the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Go follow Mark on social media at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I'm on social at E Giddings. Uh, our podcast, you can find Twitter, Instagram, the rest at 415ers. Well, you mentioned some of the uh, the coaching additions or in Philly's case, subtractions. Of course, you mentioned Jonathan Gannon going to Arizona, Shane Steichen going to Indianapolis that fills the head coaching vacancies in the NFL. Uh, But the 49ers had another one of their coaches slip out. And of course, one of those vacancies was Houston. D'Amico Ryan's got that. And we found out earlier this week that Bobby Slowick, the pass game coordinator this past year for San Francisco, had been an assistant coach for numerous years with the 49ers, is going to join him. So Kyle Shanahan, although he is the play caller, although he is the offensive mind and the guy that that does everything, um, well, not necessarily everything, but everything starts with Kyle Shanahan, is going to have a void to fill, Mark. And I would kind of lean towards him filling it internally, but I guess you never really know because they went out and signed a def- defensive coordinator from outside the organization, which was something that they hadn't done in recent years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they just keep losing assistant coaches and Kyle Shanahan's cupboard is becoming a little bit barren at this point. And it's, it's natural when you do have the success the Niners have had, this is what happens. Now it's on Kyle Shanahan to continue to identify, um, you know, the the next people in that line of great assistants that he's had that have gone on and had success elsewhere. So Bobby Slowick, who was only the, the passing game coordinator for the 49ers for one year last year, he was an offensive passing game specialist prior to that. He's the new offensive coordinator with the Texans, as you said. And now it's a question of who fills in there. It looks like a likely candidate is tight ends coach Brian Flurry. Uh, he's a guy that's well-respected within the building for the 49ers that Kyle Shanahan really likes um, and the tight end position, of, of course, because of George Kittle. And you got to credit Flurry for that as well, has always been a positive for the 49ers. So we'll see how he is able to do if the Niners do decide uh, to give him a, a bigger role within the coaching staff. Um, but something that I'll keep an eye on, Evan, I know we talked about this. It was a couple of months ago, I think towards the end of the regular season, uh, when the Mike, or pardon me, when the D'Amico Ryan's rumors were at its height, and Kyle Shanahan was essentially asked to reminisce about Mike McDaniel and D'Amico Ryan's and even Robert Sala and you know his recent assistant coaches, his recent coordinators that had gone on to be head coaches, and in D'Amico's case, would be going on to, to becoming a head coach soon. He was asked like how he thinks about team building, specifically from a staff perspective. And he really, really loved and and talked about the path that quality control coaches go through, QCs as he calls them. 
and how they have to really be up on everything because they're not, uh, you know, they're not a tight ends coach. They're not a running backs coach. They are focused on the entire team, not just one position. And as a result, those guys learn a lot more and are kind of better prepared to be coordinators or potentially head coaches at some point. So maybe more so than than who gets promoted from a position coach to a coordinator spot or who becomes more trusted by Kyle Shanahan. I think I might be looking at who does he bring in from the outside? What young guy that we don't know about yet? What player just retired that Kyle Shanahan has identified as potentially a good coach in the future? What guys does he bring in that aren't yet in the organization and who is filling those quality control spots, because we have seen time and time again, those guys relatively quickly become household names and get promoted and leave the 49ers and have success elsewhere. So I might be keeping an eye on that. Maybe some names you haven't heard yet, because you will probably know them before, you know, too long passes. So I, I do think Kyle Shanahan has proven he has an ability to identify those guys and, and to, to help, I don't know, nurture them and to help them grow and and they become good coaches. So I'm not too worried about it, but it will be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan does try to tackle this problem. Because as I said, his assistant coaching room is becoming a, it's been scavenged by teams from around the league. So we'll see how he does bounce back from that now. Well, he's been able to bounce back before. I mean, he's lost some quality candidates, some quality coordinators, some quality assistant coaches in years past, and he's continued to chug along. And I think we both agree he's had his best season as head coach, even if he wasn't named the head coach of the year, which we might discuss a little bit later in the episode. Um, Two things off of that, Mark. Number one, I think that Kyle Shanahan has shown that he values also versatility. And that is something I'm not saying Flurry is going to get you know, the fill the void of Slowick immediately. He's going to be the next guy up, but someone like him. And what I mean by that is a guy like, you know, Brian Flory, he also isn't just an offensive mind. In fact, the majority of his background is on the defensive side of the football with other organizations. Miami worked closely with the DCs before that. He also worked as an outside linebackers coach and now has sort of shifted to the offensive side of the football in college, he was a quarterback at Townsend. Like there are a lot of different skill sets that I think Kyle Shanahan values in, in not only his coordinators, but in general, his assistant coaches and his position position coaches to be able to understand all sides of the football. So I think that's one where, where we're seeing Kyle Shanahan maybe not be ahead of the curve, but at least emphasize um, versatile positions under him so that if one day he does need to elevate guys that he feels comfortable doing so. The second thing that is on my mind, Mark, which I'm we, we won't know, but I'm, I'm curious and we'll pay attention to is these young head coaches like Shane Steichen hired age 37. Obviously, Sean McVay was the youngest head coach when he was hired with the Rams. Kyle Shanahan, very close to that in his late 30s. I am curious how the assistant coach and coordinating rooms will continue to be filled by these young head coaches after their sort of immediate relationships fade away. And what I mean by that is Kyle Shanahan obviously has experience with the Browns, with the Texans, with the Falcons, and now with the 49ers, but his relationships is where we see him draw from a lot of his coaching staff. And as of course he continues to filter guys in and out and Kyle Shanahan doesn't, 
have as long of a coaching resume, which is a credit to him. That's how brilliant he is, but doesn't have as long of a coaching resume as someone taking over in their 40s or their 50s and being able to grow as a guy like, I don't know, for example, Doug Peterson has kind of a wider well to pick from when he when it comes to selecting his coaching staff. As those coaches for Shanahan continue to dry up, I am curious what means he will go to in order to fill those spots just because he probably doesn't have, and maybe this is being assumptuous, but probably doesn't have as long of a list as someone who is an older head coach and has been around the game a lot longer than he has. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that angle of it because you're right. A lot of the guys that have been on his staff are guys he's run into maybe by chance or happenstance at previous coaching stops or maybe, you know, even from days in college, people he knew through his dad. And, you know, the the more you pick from that list, the, the fewer names remain on that list. I think it's probably on Kyle Shanahan, and I'm sure he's aware of that as well. He can read the writing on the wall. It's probably at that point up to Kyle Shanahan over the you know the last number of years to continue developing those relationships and keeping an eye out for people outside of your building that you like. Uh, and maybe you don't quite have, I don't know, the, the great personal relationship that, say, he had with Mike McDaniel, where they were together on uh, basically every one of Kyle Shanahan's coaching stops before the 49ers, including the 49ers, of course, but before them as well when he wasn't a head coach probably doesn't have that kind of relationship with some of these guys, but I'm sure there are guys, there are players, there are people that he has probably identified as, Hey, I might be interested in, in bringing you on as a, as a coach whenever you're ready. And I know there was one example he, he told, he went up to a player, I think after practice one day and said, Hey, you might not be cut out for this playing thing. Unfortunately, uh, you're not going to get much playing time for us, but but I would love you to be, you know, a quality control coach on our staff whenever you're ready. And the co- or the player like stormed off and eventually came back the next day or a couple of days later and said, I was pissed, Kyle. I'm not going to lie, but I think I want to be a coach for you. And I, I don't rem- I don't think he specified who, what player that was, but he ultimately joined the staff. And I think Kyle Shanahan w- was happy about that. So I think that's where those sorts of things come into play where it's up to Kyle Shanahan to lean on relationships he's built outside of the organization while he's been a 49er head coach. And that's why it's important to never burn bridges, to not do any other organization wrong, because you never know who you might be upsetting and if you might be asking someone uh, to do something to help you in the future. So I think Kyle Shanahan is uh, has been aware of that. Uh, and it's probably what we'll see put into action over the next couple of years, because you're right. He's got to be running a little bit dry on his list of guys that he knows personally that he has worked with personally from his time before San Francisco, because that was a handful of years ago now. Yeah, and I do think this is where we can see the evolution of Shanahan, perhaps not publicly, but certainly as a head coach, because you're going to have to be more trusting. Like 
The one advantage that he does have is, of course, he has built up the reputation of being someone that, number one, if you're a young, upcoming head coach, is going to get you hired. You're going to have a job if you succeed in San Francisco somewhere else, and you're probably going to be in the NFL for a very long time. So he's got that going for him. The second part is he's also built up a reputation of being in a very educated, intelligent football mind that other people would love to learn from, even if that doesn't equate to a job at a higher level. So he has that sort of magnetism surrounding him, I believe, as a coach over – I don't know, you know, maybe 80 to 90% of head coaches in football, perhaps even more uh, with how young he is. And so he's going to have, in a way, I think a little more pick of the litter from coordinators or, or, or assistant coaches that like you're talking about. The question is how trusting can he be and how quickly can he assimilate those guys into his system? Because as we know, Kyle Shanahan is a very much direct, not necessarily my way or the highway, uh, but is going to tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, and is going to make sure that it is done on his watch. So uh, there, there's a lot of things that we're going to be keeping keeping in track of. And I think that this, maybe not you know exactly this specific hire is going to indicate what way he's going, but it's something to keep an eye on if San Francisco continues to succeed, because in all likelihood, Mark, that means they're going to continue to lose top-notch coaching candidates. Yeah, one other thing that, that you just said that, that kind of got my brain working was, you know, for a number of reasons. I think one reason you might have left off is the Niners are a well-run organization and they're successful. T- people want to be here, whether or not it's Shanahan as the head coach. I think people want to be here uh, for that reason as well. Well, I, uh, I, I, w- I would push back a little bit and just point point you towards the years before Shanahan and after Harbaugh and and ask you if they were as well of a run organization then as they are now. True, but that that is you're right. That is a an era of some dysfunction for the 49ers, but I think it's pretty clear that ownership Jed York has learned from that and you can't argue that he has been a much better owner the last six, seven years than he was the seven years prior to that. So I do understand your point. I do think the relatively recent uh, history suggests that this is a, a place that's pretty good to be at. Um, but the other thing that you said is Shanahan might you know, have pick of the litter for guys. I think you're generally right that, you know, again, people want to play for Kyle Shanahan and and people don't mind being a San Francisco 49er for the most part. However, I do think Shanahan generally, of course, he would want to get a litter and he always wants the best guy. But kind of what I was getting at earlier, I think he kind of likes finding those unknown guys and and developing them into someone like a D'Amico Ryans or like a Robert Sala. He doesn't like going out and hiring, you know, the number one name. The He's your next great defensive coordinator. Obviously, he would love to have that, and he wants to have the best defensive coordinator possible. But I think he's almost more intrigued by finding someone young that he has some connection with, that is confident in, and running him through the ranks, and in a few years, churning out a great defensive coordinator, a great offensive mind, the next Mike McDaniel, the next D'Amico Ryans. I almost feel like he enjoys that process more so than just going out there and saying, all right, everyone agrees this is the number one defensive coordinator for this offseason. Come to San Francisco. You are our new D.C. He would obviously love a great defensive coordinator. I'm not saying he wouldn't be willing to do that, but I think he almost 
prefers that long process of finding, developing a young guy and helping turn him into the next great defensive coordinator, a la Robert Sala and a la D'Amico Ryans. Maybe I'm I'm getting a little too, I don't know, positive of, of Kyle Shanahan, too complimentary of Kyle Shanahan, but I think he enjoys that process. No, I don't think you are, Mark. And before we move on to our final topic, I do want to say this. It sounds an awful lot like <laughs> the quarterback conversation surrounding Kyle Shanahan, because what do people continue to say about Kyle? Well, you know, he... He doesn't actually want the number one star, you know. He he doesn't want to get the you know the, the the most dynamic, biggest, best quarterback in the league. He'd rather develop a Matt Ryan or develop you know kind of an average a Kirk Cousins or a Matt Stafford. He'd rather have those guys run his offense and you know be the the guy to find the hidden gem or unearth the talent that was previously unlocked. And it's, it's just funny that the way that we're talking about coaches is, is the way that I feel like a lot of people talk about Shanahan a relationship to his quarterback. So yeah. maybe there's some correlation there. Yeah, you might be right. Um, I think maybe the, maybe the difference is he would, uh, he would love to have uh, one of those elite quarterbacks. He doesn't care where it comes from. Just lock him up for a handful of years and, and never have to worry about that position again. Uh, but I, I do, I do get what you're saying. That is, there are some, uh, parallels there. I'll say we can, we can have that conversation another day. I think it's a long one and uh, one that we can dig into in the off season for sure.